Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. All right, everybody, welcome back in to another Auburn Live show. Appreciate everybody joining us. Um, we are auburnlive.com, part of the On3 Sports Network. I'm Justin Hokinson. Um, if you're not a part of the Auburn Live team, go go subscribe, be a part of the community, uh, auburnlive.com, uh, football, basketball, recruiting information, a lot of good stuff, great message board. So um, we would really appreciate you being a part of our team. It's grown like crazy the first three months. So uh, if you're not there, you're definitely missing out. Auburn Live. Dot com. All right, it's Monday morning. You know what that means. It's Monday morning quarterback with our friend, former Auburn quarterback, Ben Leard, who looks like he is hunting in his living room right now. I, I, I literally just got out of the truck from driving about 12 hours from Illinois. So man. When, you, when you know how it is, man, when you, when you leave early, you just put on whatever you can, whatever you grab and whatever's close and Looks like I, I just put on what I've been hunting in for some reason. My girls have already made fun of me and tell me I look I look silly. Hope I didn't drive all the way like this, but it's part of it. It is what it is. That's hilarious. Well, I appreciate you joining us, man. I know the people are uh, are anxious to hear this one. Um, Auburn, Texas A and M. Auburn loses twenty to three. Um, gosh, um, it's pretty easy to know where to start with this one. Um, it was certainly not the offensive performance that we thought Auburn would put forth after some good weeks of efficient play. Um, I mean, I could go through the numbers, but I don't feel like it. Let's just say it was one of the worst offensive performances in for sure the last five years. Um, and you can even go back 10 years in terms of yards per play to find some comparisons. So um, yeah. it was not great. Um, what were your, what was your reaction? You've had a little time to think about it. What was your reaction on the loss and, and how it happened? Well, I mean, obviously first and foremost, you're disappointed in the loss, of course, um, you know, to lose any ball game. But then when you look at it and, and you break it down within the three areas of the game, right? You look at offense, defense, and special teams. and uh, offensively, and I'll have to say on special teams, both of both of those aspects of the game cost Auburn dearly. Defensively, I thought they played pretty well. You know, with the, you know the, you you give up what I would consider they gave up basically three field goals, hope, and then you know they just had no assistance from the offense to either keep them off the field or to do something to pin Texas A&M kind of in that field position battle. So, you know, I, I thought I thought the defense played well. I thought they performed well. I thought they did what they were supposed to do. They did played well enough to win the game, I thought. Offensively, it was just a it was just a tough day. I mean, they 
you know, Texas A&M is, is in my opinion, probably one of the, it's probably the third best defense that Auburn will face this year behind Georgia, Alabama, and then Texas A&M. They're super athletic, especially on their front. Their defensive ends and outside linebackers have more range, I think, than anyone that Auburn has played this year, even considering Georgia in the mix. Now, where Georgia separates themselves is their interior defensive front and their linebacker play. But and you, you compound that with Bo just Bo was just off, man. I mean, he he was off. The the drop bug obviously bit Auburn tremendously against AM. Kobe Hudson had two huge drops. Shedrick Jackson had a drop. And it just put them behind the sticks, man. You, you cannot, you cannot do that against a defense that is that good, especially on the road. And, I mean, back-to-back fumbles by Bo, you know, in consecutive plays is so uncharacteristic of him. And it just, it just happened. And M, of course, was there to take advantage of it. It just it was a rough day, man. I mean, it was rough to watch. It was just so lackluster offensively, and they just could not get anything dialed in and could not get any momentum. And you got to tip your hat to AM. They did everything mm-hmm. defensively, they did everything right. They did. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've, I've written about this a good bit at AuburnLive.com now over the last 24 hours. Um, kind of some, you know, a few different, different things and thoughts from the game and things that stood out. Um, you know, on the AM defense thing, yes, I think AM's defense is good. Their front four is athletic, they're big. Um, but then I look at, you know, okay, I understand Alabama's offense is really good. They put up 38. Okay, let's go to Mississippi State. They're just completely one dimensional. They scored, I think, 26. And I and I get that AM was, you know, starting to figure things out, but I'm a little disappointed. I know AM's defense is good, but I'm but I'm disappointed in in they're not that good. They're right. not no, so I, good that I, they I, should I, shut Auburn to, to, to 226 yards of offense. Yeah. Um, that was really disappointing. And, and look, if you break the numbers down more, Auburn had 77 yards of that, the first two drives, the 60-yard drive for the field goal. After that, Auburn averaged 2.2 yards of play after the second drive for the rest of the game. 2.2 yeah. yards of play. That is the worst in 10 years, if you just took that as a game. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm disappointed in that. I think – I'm not an offensive coordinator. Um, and I know that Auburn has some deficiencies in the offensive line. See, we forget about it against Ole Miss and Arkansas. Um, yeah. it can get it can get hidden. And um, and Bo can have a little time and the receivers can have a little separation against the elite defenses, Georgia and now and now against um Texas AM, you, you you see. You can't if you can't protect, then it affects everything you call. You know, we kept wondering. We kept wondering when when Auburn would take a deep shot, right? Because A&M was being super aggressive. Well, that never happened. The only thing I can think is he didn't trust the line to make it happen. Um, yeah. I don't know why you don't call it. Um, Bo was really bad. Um, he continues to struggle with, you know, the mental the mental part of the game. When if things aren't going well, you, it's just it's all over him. He's frustrated with receivers. He's frustrated about calls not getting in. Uh, he's complaining to the ref about a late hit. He fumbles a flea flicker, turns around and fumbles again right after that. Um, 
he, he just mentally, when things are good, they're good. When they're bad, he, he's, he just hasn't, he just is not there yet. And um, that was, you know, disappointing um, to see. But I think playing against a defense like that, it just exposes, it just exposes some things. But having said that, you can answer this better than I can. I feel like I was not happy with with what Mike Bobo did, and, and I'm and I'm and I and I'm hesitant to be hypercritical because again, I'm not a play caller, and there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that. I mean, shoot, it's a three three ball game. So how do you know Mike Bobo's not sitting up there going, "Our defense is playing great. Why would I want to be overly aggressive, or why would I want to get outside of our comfort zone right now? Why don't I just play to the game right here? Maybe he was conservative, and then it got out of hand and. Like, so there's a lot of things going on in his head, I would imagine, but I, I have to be a little disappointed that after that drive, 60-yard drive, really it was just nothing. I mean, yeah. you didn't see Bonex running the ball. You didn't see Bonex draws. You saw very little rollouts. You, you just did, you didn't see where was Tyler from. Um, you just did, there was just, there's just things that you're like, you know, they kept trying the swing pass to the running backs over and over. They're all over that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just, and, I just was I hoping think- for more variety. As it went, I on, think, went on, I, I think too, and you've got a really good point in the sense that it, it just looked as if it looked as if A and M had an answer for everything that Auburn was doing. Absolutely, and and you got to do you got to do one of two things. <clears throat> you 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 got to give credit where credit is due. They did a great job on the downhill tall sweep. That, that being AM. And that's been Auburn's bread and butter in the running game for the last several weeks. That that downhill tall sweep, kind of what LSU has done for a number of years, it's basically turns into an in, basically an inside zone or even off tackle tall sweep that Auburn has just gashed people with. The other part of it is AM is so athletic and they're so good, like you said, especially on the front. And they do – Elko does such creative things with his blitz packages. While Auburn has been able to hide deficiencies on the offensive line against A&M and, and Arkansas and whatever, they, they, are, they are so good defensively that they will expose that one lineman. They, they will pick that person out and absolutely railroad them for the entire game. And I think it was a couple of things. I think one as an offensive play caller and, the, and I don't, I don't know this to be factual with, with Mike and kind of what his philosophy is, but you know, for the first little bit, you are, you're working to see what works. You're, you're making some play calls and it's not to dabble and test, but it's to see maybe how they react to a situation and call a play that you feel confident in on having some type of positive results. To me, that game looked like they never found those plays. Like they never found plays yeah. that that they felt like, hey, we can run this play probably five times this ball game. And every time it worked, every single play looked as if it was an absolute grind to be successful. And that's that's really, really tough as an offensive play caller, it's difficult to find success as an offense, but it's also kind of one of those things that A&M just had it dialed in. I mean, they, they ran a couple of different RPOs with Bo, 
One in particular was a was one of the Kobe Hudson drops on a on a stick at post. There were a couple others that they that they tried to you know they tried to do some things with Bo around the edge, like they did against Ole Miss, and he obviously ran for two touchdowns. That was not going to work against these cats. They were containing the edge either with the either with the seven technique or the defensive end, or they would spill the linebacker. in whatever direction that he was going. They had zero responsibility in tackling Bo Nix. Their number one responsibility was containment. That's it. And you could see it. Like when they they realized that Bo was running to the edge or even Tank was running to the edge or Jarquez was running to the edge, it was hell or high water, get to contain and turn him in and let our guys make the plays. And – they did it, and they they did it well. Their secondary, I wasn't impressed with their secondary. They they didn't do all that much to me that that locked our guys down. Our guys just didn't make catches, and that's that's frustrating. And you 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 hit the nail on the head, in 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 the critique of Bo, with regards to just that mentality or or his at. And I don't want to say attitude, but just his overall demeanor when things look as if they're starting to go downhill. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could see it on the TV copy. I mean, he ripped into Shedrick Jackson and, and Kobe Hudson one time. Now, I, I will be the first to tell you, they may have deserved it. You know, it, it may have been an instance where they truly were lined up incorrectly. And it was a prime situation for them to have something dialed in. And it was just they, because they were lined up incorrectly, it totally screwed everything up. But I, we don't know the context of that, but it's just not a good look. <clears throat> you know, Bo runs out of bounds one time and gets shoved out of bounds. It was a perfectly legal play. But then he's in the ear of the of the umpire, of the referee for the next 50 yards. You know, that it ain't going to work. That yeah. it has it has no bearing. I mean, and all, in all honesty, it probably pisses the official off, and wants that wants you know he probably wants to tell the prima donna quarterback to quit talking and go run the play, go focus yeah. on trying to win the game. So just stuff like that, man. It it was it was unfortunate to watch, difficult to watch and see, and but it they they ran into a better team yesterday and. I hate hate saying that about Texas A&M because Auburn is Auburn, in my opinion, when they're when if the same team that played against Ole Miss would have showed up yesterday, Auburn wins that game, in my opinion. I, I just I think they do, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult sled. I mean, they got to they got to play a, a really hot Mississippi State team traveling to Columbia is never a gimme. And then obviously you've got what, you know, what could shape up to be, you know, a, a, a fairly, hopefully, a competitive iron ball. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, Mississippi State is a good football team. Arkansas uh, squeaked out the win, really good win for Arkansas um, against Mississippi State this weekend. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> thanks, Dan Mullen, for going to Columbia and just giving South Carolina a nice shot of confidence. Um, South Carolina destroys Florida. Um, and so while you're be- South Carolina's not great, but you know, you're going to get a team that's going to think they can win. 
Um, yeah, I yeah. think going back to it, I mean, um, yeah, the, the Bo Nix, I mean, I don't want to harp on him because, but I do think we can comment on him. And um, because it is frustrating, he just mentally, <clears throat> I mean, to fumble that flea flicker, to come back the next play and fumble, to me that's mental. When, when you're throwing some of the passes he was throwing that were way off target, I mean, he just has a he just has a pattern of I, I don't know he can't he can't get out of it he gets frustrated. Um, I mean, you can even go back in the first half and look. This is a little this is a little specific. It's a little nitpicky, but there was a play. I think it was I think it was in the first half. There was a penalty. There was a second and twelve. I think it was um, in both of a very bad pass to Shedrick Jackson. Like it, they were they were on the wrong page. Both starts running to the sidelines. He thought it was third down and it was second and 12. And then he runs back out there and that's the play. He dumped it to Shivers. Shivers got about seven or eight and off to the left and they had to punt. But like, so even something like that, where he wasn't even aware that there was a penalty, it was second and 12, which kind of makes it worse because the pass he threw to Shedrick Jackson was so bad um, that if that was third down, I mean, it wasn't even, you know. Um, And so, yeah, he just – it was just all. Uh, he's got to he, figure he, out a way to get the mental side of him to to yeah. stay more even keel. And if things aren't going well, he he can't be. I mean, think about him and the way he's acting to Shedrick Jackson or whatever, who I, who I think was on the wrong side, legitimate. But then when you turn around and you fumble two plays in a row and, and one results in a touchdown, like does, well, does he, Shedrick he, Jackson get to come chew you out? Like who who, chews, who gets to chew Absolutely. you out? You know, it's absolutely. It's, and I, but 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 hope that that's the way that should work. Yeah. It should. If 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 you are going to be, and I I'm I'm okay with Bo being that type of leader. I really am. I'm okay with a vocal leader, especially at the quarterback position. But if you're going to lead that way, you better be willing and able to take it. Yeah. You you better be willing and able for. Sean Shivers or Shedrick Jackson or Tank Bigsby to come over to you after you fumble and say, hey, man, pick it up. We, we, th- those kind of plays will get us beat every time. I mean, I, th- they know he didn't mean to do it, but they also know that, I mean, you, if you give it out, you better be willing to take it. And, and that's how you have to operate as a ball player in any facet of any sport, that if you're going to be that person that puts yourself out there, you better be willing to take the blows as they come. And, you know, and I, and I, I fully expect that, that Bo is in that men, level of mentality. I, I think that he is, he is, is receptive to whatever comes his way. Um, we just don't see that. We, we see, because he is the quarterback, we see him maybe losing a, it a little on someone else or just kind of showing some nonverbals that are just, not becoming of a of an SEC quarterback, especially in his third year of starting for Auburn, but you know, I, he he was just off, man. Yeah, and I, I mean, he, you know, the, the but ball, he didn't start ball, off. That's the that's the that's yeah. the thing. That's where I go back to Bobo, and I'm trying to figure out. Nick started six of eight, and then and then he that means he finished after that. He went fourteen of thirty three. Now, granted, late at 17-3, he started to air it out. But, you know, what happened? He he had, you know, he hit Demetrius. I mean, they went the first play of the game, rollout, Demetrius Roberts. Yes. And he had another rollout to Shanker. Um, Kobe dropped a ball. 
but he starts six of eight and, and they, they go get that field goal and it just, it goes downhill disappeared. I mean, just yeah. there was, it turned, it looked like, let's be honest. If Gus Malzahn was the head coach, we know exactly what we would be saying, which is ridiculous offense, no identity, no route. Like that's the kind of stuff we'd be saying. Um, and so it's just, I'm just curious what happened after that to where it just, there was just no answer, like you said. And give A&M credit. I don't think we're doing enough of that probably. They had a bye week. It matters. Auburn had a bye week against Ole Miss. It matters. And they schemed up Auburn really well. Matter of fact, there was a play in the – I think it was in the first quarter. And I mentioned on Twitter, I was like, that's actually was, was I, that was a good play call. It was, it was off of the design quarterback run that Nix has scored on, but he actually pitched it to Shivers. Yeah. And AM was all over it. But I was like, you know what? That's actually exactly where that should have been run because they've, they've run the quarterback. They're all over it. So like at some point you got to give, you got to give credit and say, AM was really, really well coached in that game. There was yeah. not a lot happening. Um, that, that, that needs to, to probably, dampen the criticism a tad i agree um, and, it, and it and it needs to it does it it needs to overshadow the performance from the i don't think they're that great let me but they were <laughs> well coached and prepared i think auburn right. should have done more but no, they were I, well I prepared but I, I mean the way i look at it too you go back and look at some of the at some of the misses right the fade ball to kobe hudson in the end zone yeah <laughs> Not a, not a good throw at all. If it's such a bad throw that your receiver loses the ball in the air, something's off. Something is amiss. And and I and in my opinion, Hudson was open. That's it. That is a that is a receiver that a quarterback should hit in the corner of the end zone. It just was a it was a miss. He had several others that way. And then on top of it. To, to make matters worse or pour salt in the wound, they drop the balls that they're supposed to catch. Now, hey, I'll also remind everyone that Texas A&M's offense had the same level of of, of woes that Auburn's did. Big drops, and yeah. Watermeyer and – I mean, their kids were struggling catching the football, and that was a huge benefit to Auburn. But it just – Offensively, man, they were they were off, and then Anders misses a field goal after a long drive, and it it, it just everything just just went downhill. It just snowballed from there, and then obviously after the fumble, after the fumble return for a touchdown, and Jalen Simpson misses misses basically a, a gimme interception that gets through his. I mean, he just get, didn't get his hands together quick enough. Yeah, and you know it just. You, you sit there and watch, and you're like, man, what's what's next? What's going to happen next? It was really one of those days, and John Samuel Shanker said it afterwards. He, he literally was like, it's just some days it's like that. Um, and that's not, you know, obviously there's more to it than that, but in a broad sense, um, it was it was one of those it was one of those days. Um, but the big picture with the offense that I went back to, I, I said it on Twitter, um, and I said it in some pieces that I wrote. The it goes back to the offensive line and we can, we Auburn can hide those things against Arkansas and Ole Miss and some of those teams. You can't hide it against Georgia or the way A&M's recruiting. I mean, look, the same thing happened last year. The last yeah. two years really is a perfect indication of where Auburn is. They're competitive with A&M. They're good enough at a lot of positions, but the last two years they haven't been good enough in the trenches and they've lost both games 
Both games, they've been outscored combined 31 to nothing in the fourth quarter. They got out, outscored 17 to nothing last year in the fourth quarter, and they got outscored 14 to nothing this year in the fourth quarter to Texas A&M. I think it's a perfect indication of where Auburn is. Good enough yep. in a lot of positions to play with a team like A&M, kind of where those programs are, but A&M has surpassed Auburn in the, in the trenches on both sides of the ball, more so yeah. on the offensive line for Auburn. They just don't have the ability, the players, to, to move people, to consistently run, to protect, to run the kind of routes, uh, and it just gets exposed when you can't protect Nicks. He was sacked four times. He was pressured more than that. Um, and you're, you you can't protect him, so you're not going to call. You can't get super aggressive. They tried with Javaris Johnson early, um, and then you have receivers that can't get separation, which we yeah. kind of know the receivers are as a group. It has to be everybody catching balls. We know that they don't have that one guy. The one guy potentially would be Kobe Hudson, who had a bad game. He also had a false start, um, and so it was just everything got exposed. I mean, when when your running backs catch half your passes. That, that's not yeah. good. And even if there were times, some of them were swings, but some of them were – that's what Auburn does now. It's third down, and they think they can swing it to a back. And now I like that. I've wanted them to do more of that. But but 10 of your 20 completions can't be to tank and Sean Shivers. That, that well, can't – that's a well, that's an indictment to me on the receivers. And, 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 and well, and, and it's two things. It's, it's an indictment on two scenarios. <clears throat> One, it's your guys are struggling getting open whether it be the tight ends or the receivers. They're, they're having difficulty getting open, period. So they're just not there. The other portion of it is, and I think I think it's in the moment, it's during the, the progression of the game, that the amount of pressure that Texas A&M was putting on Bo with just four guys, his, his, his internal clock was – having was working faster than it would if in fact he felt comfortable in the pocket so what was he doing he was coming off number one and number two maybe quicker than he normally would and just dumping it immediately to, to tank or immediately to sean or immediately to jarquez and not giving the routes that need the time not giving them time enough to develop because he doesn't feel comfortable in the pocket because he's getting pressure. It's just, it's a, it's a very cyclical scenario because everything is the, the success of one piece is dependent on the execution of the others. That is it. And I, there was, there were, there were three plays that I recall. It looked as if, very similar. I knew it wasn't the call, but it looked very similar to the swing routes that they've had so much success with Sean on, where it is a it is a design swing. It's nothing oh, yeah. but an it's nothing but an extended sweep is yeah. all it is. Yeah. Well, that in, in in the ones that I'm speaking of, they weren't you can tell they weren't those calls weren't made that way because the guys ran, you know, they ran to the flat from instead of a swing position they ran it into the flats but he immediately threw it to him like it, it and that guy is number three he, he's number three at best in the route there's usually a high low between a receiver and maybe a tight end on a curling out or a or a a, a slant and, and corner ball behind it or something to put a guy on an island defensively 
Bo wasn't comfortable enough or, or didn't have, just didn't have that feeling of comfort in the pocket because the offensive line was struggling to protect him. And then he immediately would go to Tank, thinking Tank Mike could break a tackle or two and get a and pick up a, a miraculous third down or pick up a miraculous first down. When if he would have a split second longer or a, a two split seconds longer, give the receivers the opportunity, the time to develop the route and then make the check down. But you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and it it, it just. I mean, I don't know if three if those three plays would even have made a difference, but it was like you said, man, it was just one it was just one of those days. They just could not, they could not get into a rhythm offensively. And it really it it handicapped them big time, big time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and looking back, we you know it was very indicative. That game's three to three, and Auburn's third and fourth drives started basically at midfield. They had they had stopped A and M twice. They got the ball in great field position twice and did literally nothing. 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 That looking back, you can go well. That was absolutely indicative. You had the whole field. You're in the middle of the field. Everything's available to you. You can do whatever you want, and you didn't go anywhere. That was that was pretty indicative of how that game was going to go for Auburn on offense when they. Um, when they couldn't do couldn't do anything and wasted those opportunities. Look, I think it's on offense, and we'll move we'll move to some other parts of the game. But it's just they just there's there's just deficiencies. They've got to yeah. get they've got to improve on the offensive line, and they got to improve at receiver. We know that we've talked about it in recruiting. That's why they're going after Darius Clemens and and some of these guys, and um, that they've got to recruit it, and then they got to develop it. Um, you know, I think we've seen, you know, there's been improvement at times with the line. There's been some good pass protection at times, um, but against the better teams, it's a, it's a struggle. I mean, Penn State, Georgia, um, A&M, all those games, you know, they th- 360 yards of offense was Penn State, 318 was like yeah. was Georgia, um, and it just, you know, it goes down. Penn State, all, all in all, that wasn't bad, but you just, you just, there's a difference, you know. I mean, well, and, 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 and we have to keep that in. In mind, you, you see some good games from Bo, and you're like, well, Auburn, you can't fix it overnight. The line isn't going to be yeah. fixed overnight. And 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 then I want to say this as well, because I'm, I'm, we've talked a lot about Bo Nix, and I've made it a point to say it's not about Bo Nix. And I want to make this point. Brian Harson has been asked about Bo Nix many times this year. Every single time, basically, that he's asked about Bo Nix, he will offer some critique of Bo Nix. He'll answer the question, but he always pivots back to the rest of the offense. He always says, well, yeah, you know, yeah, Bo is playing better, but but everybody played, made plays. You know, against Arkansas, he goes, well, everybody made plays. That helps. And he's like, I hope Bo's getting better, just like everybody should be getting better. So just I want to make it a point, and, and, and Harson's doing that, and the message is it's never one guy. It's never right. one guy. And so when everybody's trashing Bo Nix, I've still seen a lot of it. People are calling for t- Gary Danielson. They're sitting there showing TJ Finley on the screen. I was like, are you guys – this is manufactured garbage. TJ so Finley has done nothing for, for you to start showing him. People were thinking TJ Finley deserved a shot in that game. I'm like, where, where, 
where have you guys been for the last month? We just said Bo Nix is playing great football. He's having a bad game, and you want to pull nonsense, nonsense. He didn't play well, but the point that Harson has tried to tell you, if you've been listening, is it's never just about Bo. It's our guys catching balls, or or what's what's going on, what's going around the whole offense. So it's never one guy. Harson's yeah. tried to put that message into people, but people just want to still sit back and just go. Bo, 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 and forget that he's been sacked four times. He's been pressured more than that, and and receivers aren't aren't getting open. And when they are, they're dropping you know three different three different passes. So yeah, it's it's not. Listen, it 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 should not. Now, perceptively, it will, but it should not ever, ever rest on both shoulders. There, there, there are, there are multiple areas in that particular game that you can point to, you can point to other players that contributed to the lack of success. When you talk about offensive line, you've got to look at it as a unit. You've got to look at it as a whole because the center, the center can dominate his guy. Left tackle can dominate his guy. But if the right tackle doesn't do his job, they're going to give up a sack or they're going to give up a pressure, or they're going to have the tackle for loss. It, it, you, have to, you have to play as a collective unit, top to bottom, in order for there to be success. You cannot have a busted play on the offensive line and expect to have the time enough for the quarterback to make the throw that the receiver can catch. Or, mind you, you could have a scenario where the offensive line blocks their tails off gives Bo all the time in the world, and he makes a great throw, and the receiver drops it. Well, that happens too. And and the great teams, it doesn't happen. The, the great teams, top to bottom, execute the plays that are needed to be executed in order for them to be successful and win games. It is constant pressure on their opponents for perfection because at the point they show a chink in the armor, the great teams expose it and they drive it home until you just tap out for submission. Yeah. Uh, there's no question about it. So I, I'm curious what Brian Harson's going to say in his press conference, if, if anything enlightening came from watching the film and um, cause that it felt very different from Georgia, Georgia, you could look at it and go, well, there were nine drops. I mean, I can see opportunities all over the place and geez, both threw some great balls in that game. This wasn't that. This was not yeah. that. This was not a game where you go, man. If they, if they would have just dropped, Bo was Bo was not accurate at all, um, and and the offensive line didn't block, and it was it was literally a breakdown on every on every level. Um, defensively, look, not much to say. They they played well. They did the same thing against Ole Miss in the second half. Um, they did the same thing against Arkansas. They're going to give up some yards, but they uh, but they didn't give up an offensive touchdown. Um, gave up. You know, four field goals, I guess, um, and a two-point conversion. Um, they they gave up some yards. I mean, here's what I'm worried about. You know, both the Ole Miss and the AM games, they gave up like 250 yards in the second half of, the, of those games. Somehow they managed to only give up 15 points, a bunch of yeah. field goals. Um, I just wonder if if the offense, you know, at one point does that break? If 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 against Mississippi State you're floundering around, when when then it turns into a touchdown and you can't overcome it, especially against a team like Alabama. Um, and so at some point the offense, 
you know, they can't leave them hanging for that long. It's one thing to have a little drought, a couple bad drives, but these extended periods now, the last six quarters have been really, really bad. But no real complaints on defense. I mean, they played well. Um, A&M had some success running the ball. You know, a lot of that was that big run by A-chain that, that Donovan Kaufman ended up forcing that fumble. Um, but, you know, overall, they, they played well. The quarterback played well in the second half. I think their quarterback was 10 of 13 in the second half. At one point in the first half, he was like four of 12. Um, yeah. So they were kind of going through some of the same stuff, but they got some things figured out on on their end, and Auburn just made some plays. But, look, the reality is that game could have been a lot worse. I mean, A&M's down there and has false start, false start, timeout. They blow an opportunity there. They have the run by A-chain that you're like, oh, they're about to blow this. Game. Literally right before that play, I was like, Auburn better better buckle them up right here because it's it's – it's that time, it's the gut check time. Yeah. You either get a stop or this is going to get blown out. And it, it, it yeah. so it could have been. While we say it's just about Auburn's offense, it if if that if A and M would have executed just a little bit better, um, that game could have been twenty eight three. You know, it, it, it could oh, have yeah. been it could have been worse than it was. Well, and and as as poorly as Auburn was playing offensively, and you hate to say this, but when they went up fourteen, it was. And I, you you felt no confidence. Like you you just you did not feel as if they could muster two touchdowns in the fourth quarter some way somehow, um, because they obviously hadn't shown the ability to do it for the entire ball game. But you know, talking talking about you know defensively, I, I think you're right, I and mean, I think part of it is the fact they're just running out of steam in the second half, especially in the in the fourth quarters of the last two ball games, because if you look back offensively, that Auburn. Auburn really kind of tripped over themselves a good bit in the second half against Ole Miss. I was of the opinion that offensively they left a lot of points on the field. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they stumped their toe in several situations when, when you know, the, the, the fumbles here and there, just, you know, whether it be either, you know, silly, silly play, not play calls, but execution of plays and just really put them in a, in a difficult spot and kept giving the ball back to Ole Miss over and over. And then this ball game, they just couldn't find any success, period. And, you know, it was a, and, and I was, when A chain broke that run, when he broke through the line of scrimmage, I'm thinking he's gone. You know, just an unbelievable hustle play that was made in order to knock the ball out. I mean, very, very reminiscent of the Iron Bowl in 2010. But that, that, at that time, was that going to be, was that going to be a shot in the arm of, of, Hey, let's, let's see if we can flip, get a little bit of momentum or was it just a, you know, a three and out, you know, it just, and, and at that point, Auburn, Auburn was, was stinking offensively and, 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 and A&M knew it. I mean, A&M knew that Auburn could not do anything. They were inept offensively and they were just guys, Hey, keep the ball in front of you. Don't give up a big play, and we're we're good, we're fine, and that's that's a tough spot to be in on offense, knowing that they 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 give you zero respect, and A and M did not respect Auburn Auburn offensively throughout the entire game, especially in the third and fourth quarter, but rightfully so. Hell, they didn't hadn't done anything to deserve to deserve it at that point anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, so where do you go from here? You got Mississippi State, uh, 11 a.m. You know, I guess you know, fortunately for Auburn, look, Mississippi State's coming off a loss too, so their 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 momentum is stalled a little bit. Uh, it's going to be a very different kind of test. They're obviously going to throw it around. I think Auburn's got 
Well, I would say that. Um, Auburn did have the bodies, but look, Zion Puckett's injured and didn't play. By Darius Knight and dressed, but played maybe one possession. So we'll see about Badarius Knighton. Um, I, I wouldn't imagine Puckett's going to play. So you're probably down at least one safety. Um, so Tennyson, who had a great game, yeah, he had some mistakes, but but he was he was everywhere. He he was he was he led the team. Well, he was right behind Smoke Monday in tackles. Um, you know him, Kaufman. Those guys are going to have to play a lot of snaps because Mississippi yeah. is going to air it out. Um, and so that's going to be an interesting interesting game. State's defense is not bad. I mean, it, it, it'll it be a competitive game probably. Um, but, look, everything as far as Auburn and, and what you wanted from the season is is still in front of you. You can still go eight and four, which if you reset and told everybody that's kind of what you hoped, thought you might go, it's sort of what people thought this team was. Um, I, think the, I think it's just disappointing to have some performances like Arkansas and Ole Miss. Um, and then you're like, oh, okay, all right. There's some consistency here. There's some efficiency here. And then to fall that flat against A&M, that, that was disappointing. It's not the loss. I didn't think it was a great matchup necessarily. I think a lot of people were wondering if Auburn could win. But to fall that flat um, is the disappointing part. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily the loss. It just kind of reminds yeah. me that you're, that you're short in some areas and, and you got to go out and, and recruit and, um, and, and develop, you know. Well, it 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 points out the areas that you have needs in, like like major needs, in order for you to not be overtaken by the likes of Texas A and M or even an Ole Miss or or an Arkansas with Coach Pittman. I mean, they there there's there obviously is a. I personally think it's a gap between Georgia and everybody else. I, I mean, Alabama is very very good. They're a great football team. They are not the 2020 Alabama. They, they, I just, there's something about this football team. Now, granted, they still continue to find a ways to win. They're just, they just, they just find a way somehow. It's not a, a, a dominant performance week in and week out. L, LSU should have beaten Alabama yesterday. That is, that in my, in what I, with what I watched. But those types of games where you do fall flat on your face, a la yesterday versus AM, it just shows that they're just they're just not quite there yet. There, there's parts, there's parts of the team and the makeup and and what's going on that they're they're just not quite there to take the step. They can beat majority of every other school in the SEC, but is is that the level that that Auburn wants to be at? No, they want to be at a dominant level, week in and week out. Well, yesterday tells you if you want to be dominant, you got to go do this, you got to go do this, and you got to go do this, and it's all it's all evolving around how you recruit and the players that you bring in. And the second most important aspect of that is how you develop them when you get them. And that's something that has not happened, in my opinion, over the past several years. Yeah. Well, we'll see if Auburn can bounce back. Mississippi State should be a good, uh, fun game, 11 a.m., early start on Saturday. Um, and so we'll see if, 
if Auburn can come out and 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 be ready to be ready to play um, and not have any kind of hangover um, from 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 the last week. And so, uh, and then of course, Ole Miss and A and M have a big game uh, in Oxford. Um, and so that's the crazy thing. I mean, look, Ole Miss is is probably capable of beating A and M in Oxford. Um, that would be wild if that happened. And so. We'll see. We'll see. So I think, yeah, disappointing loss for for Auburn, um, but still a lot in front of them. Let's see how they bounce back against Mississippi State um, and see what they can uh, see what they can do, man. All right, you need to go to sleep, man. I know you. Right, I know you're dead. Oh, it's uh, it's it's been it's been a long day, but it's it's worth it to be home. So, well, go in, go enjoy your dinner. They'll they'll win Saturday. I'm 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 telling you, they're. They'll be prepared. They'll bounce back. Obviously, playing at home is a big deal. They'll be in a in a you know prime situation to you know kind of defend against the air raid. Nobody ever really knows what a Mike Leach football team is going to do. You know they do. It's very reminiscent of what Coach Spurrier used to do back in the day. They 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 run the ball more than you think they do, but a lot of it is really running through the air. You know, running slip screens. A lot of the they do a lot of what. Auburn does on third down and throwing the ball to Shivers, you know, coming out of the backfield. But I, I just I, I have I have that level of of positivity from the standpoint of what I think will be the end of this particular game, and then the game in Columbia in two weeks, and it's it, it's going to set up what what could be a very very interesting Iron Bowl. I I really really feel good about what can be what can happen in that game three weeks from now. Yeah, could be interesting. Uh, could be very, very interesting. Um, all right, man, appreciate it. Um, and if you're listening, uh, Auburn's I think a five and a half point favorite. I think Ben's saying just lay it. Just they're going, they're going to cover. Just go ahead and roll. lay it down. Put all, put all your money on it. All right, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks everybody for joining us. Right. AuburnLive.com. Make sure you're part of the community. AuburnLive.com. We'll see you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.